This episode of the Rad Broadcast is brought to you by Tech2U. Tech2U strives to deliver superior technical services from professional and friendly staff while maintaining their principles of credibility, accountability, and customer service as they grow. With locations all over Northern California, Southern California, and Las Vegas, Tech2U provides in-shop repair, mobile services for residential and business, and remote service provided online. Tech2U repairs everything ranging from printers, scanners, screen repair, motherboards, keyboards, touchpads. They'll even recycle electronics. Visit www tech2u.com that's tech the number two u.com or call 888-340-8324 that's 888-340-8324 for tech2u the rad All right, welcome to another episode of the Rad Broadcast. I'm producer Brandon from the Rad Radio Show, and today I've got two very special guests in. One former guest who uh, almost took over the entire operation because everybody wanted to rename the show Bradcast after we had had, had him on, Mr. Uh, Brad, the COO from Griffin and Reed Eye Care Center. I would like to thank my mother for that comment because that's probably who said it <laughs> about renaming the the the, the broadcast, but. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. But the real man of the hour is this gentleman over here to my right. Dr. Brent Reed, the man of the hour, uh, the man who gave me my most recent uh, the, the most recent member of the Rad Radio Show myself, the LASIK surgery, um, just a few days ago. I am your chief abuser. Yes, Thank sir. you very I much. I am so grateful for everything that you've done. In fact, uh, we'll, we'll get into kind of what happened and led to the reason why we had to reschedule the whole surgery and everything. Um, but kind of the main reason I wanted to have you on as a guest is we always have you on uh, on the air with the regular Rad Radio Show, and we talk about LASIK. And that's always a good topic to, to talk about and discuss, but I want to know more about you. I, every oh. every time I've been to visit you and and had an interaction with you, I always walk away going, "Man, he's such a cool guy." I would just want to have sit down and have a beer with him and just find out a little bit more about you. Now, I don't know if that last part's going to happen. <laughs> we don't have beer around, and we don't necessarily need to have it. But I would like to uh, just kind of dive mm. into how you got into ophthalmology and mm. what, what what led into all that. How long have you been been doing what you're doing? I finished uh, residency in uh, 1987, so it's been, what, uh, 32 years. Wow. So what events led up to you becoming a ophthalmologist, LASIK surgeon? Well, I was I, when, since I was a kid, I, about 14 years old, I, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a medical doctor, and I, uh, I had a lot of interest in physiology and the way things worked. I used to take things apart when I was a kid. You know, see, I never put them back together, but I always used to take them apart because I, I wanted to figure out how things worked. And when I got into some classes and started to learn about how we work as human beings and organ systems, things like that, I, I was fascinated. And so, and I had a natural uh, bent towards sciences. And so I kind of decided when I was 14, 15 years old that I wanted to be a doctor. But, you know, that's a long ways from being a doctor. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it, uh, but I continued to pursue that goal through uh, finished high school, uh, played a little football in college, and then I uh, went on a mission for my church. And what, what position did you play in football? I, I, I went in as a defensive end. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, and that was for the U of U, right? Yeah, the Utes. Yeah. I'm a running Ute. <laughs> yeah. We, st- I don't want to say that. <laughs> We used to be the running Redskins, but that's not politically appropriate anymore. That's so, true. So we're now the running Utes, and I, I'm not sure what the mascot is anymore. But you know, anyway, I'm I I, I bleed red through and through. So right on. Yeah, my my wife graduated from Brigham Young University, and so she's she's a blue blood, and uh, we have a mixed marriage, which you only really get if you live in Utah. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we get along. Yeah, right on. Yeah. So then. Uh, after that, I did a mission for my church. I was in Southeast Asia for two years and came back and uh, uh, decided that uh, playing football and getting in medical school were not uh, going to work along the same track. So right. just threw myself into school and and was more diligent as a student and, and ended up uh, getting in medical school. Uh, uh, about two and a half years later, I... I, I was blessed. I, I was able to 
get out of a year of uh, undergraduate because I uh, had a language uh, skill that I could take a test for and got 25 credits for. So, oh, really? That's I don't Thai, think, right? What yeah, language? It's Thai. it's Thai. I speak Thai. Really? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, would you, never have guessed. That Jack talked Thai. I yeah. was just going to yeah. say that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Jack talked Thai? Meet the Fockers. That's a great Yeah. <laughs> yeah, De Niro actually did talk Thai in that movie. It's oh. just... It just nobody but another Anglo could understand. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Do you visit Thailand uh, frequently anymore? Do you have any like any reasons that you like to go back? Yeah, we've been back uh, three or four times. Cool. And but the last time's been at some time ago. Uh, we went back on a charity thing and did a, a week. Oh, did a month <clears throat> to the King's University in Bangkok, and then did. Uh, Outreach surgery up in the north northern part of Thailand uh, for a week wow. in one of the little jungwats, one of the little uh, provin- provincial hospitals up there. Okay, and it's really interesting because the the standard for care at that point anyway was not what it is. I think it's better now, but it was not very good. I mean, you there were you know flea bitten dogs walking around the halls <laughs> of the hospital. Wow. Well, you do so you went to do cataract surgery. Yeah, mostly cataract surgery. Yeah. yeah, LASIK surgery isn't done on the charitable no, uh, no. missions typically because cataract surgery is such a need. Well, it's, they don't have the equipment to no, do no, LASIK no, surgery no. either. You barely know. have that for cataract. They barely have that for cataract surgery, and and uh, and so you know we we had a chance to do that, and it was it was great. My wife, who's a who's a, graduated as a school teacher. Uh, was actually assisting me in surgery. I gave her about an hour and a half crash course on sterile technique. Wow. And she was so assisting cool. me in surgery. That was very cool. <laughs> so it, at cataract surgery, I mean, what do you need for that is if it's not as in, involved as LASIK surgery and it's something that's in such a need in that province, um, is it as complicated? How, t- how technical is that? Well, it's fairly technical, but it's... Um, uh, they didn't have the modern machines there that you use to take out the lens like we do in the United States where you make a small incision, go in and break up the lens in small fragments, and, and su- basically it sucks it out. They didn't have any of that. So basically what I did is I taught them how to do um, a larger incision cataract surgery and how to put in lenses uh, when there was no structural support for them inside the eye. And somebody who had previous surgery didn't have a place to put a lens be able to go in there and and place it through a special sewing technique was this like a technique that you came up with no it was one that was actually practiced in the united states oh. but it was come up with uh, by another doc and uh it was uh it was just a lot of fun because they don't you know if they don't have if you can't put a lens in somebody they end up with the what used to be the mr magoo glasses which are the <laughs> you know they're basically coke bottle thick glasses because mm-hmm. without a lens implant you can't you can't really see my gosh, the eyes are just so fascinating to me, and I, I they feel like they they seem like they're so delicate that at one small wrong move will devastatingly affect the, the eyeball. Like I, I I imagine you have a pretty good track record. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I, it gets word gets out if you don't if you know yeah. if you if you end up causing people to lose their sight, that word gets out very quickly that you're not competent. How often does has that happened in the industry? It happens occasionally. Really, but usually it happens because people are uh, not paying attention or not using the right equipment, or they're just they're skipping some steps. Well, it's happened in this town, but we don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't. Talk, we try not to talk yeah. about that. So I just stepped in it because it's because it's like it's like throwing. You know, we don't try not to throw mud on anybody else. Yeah. Not us, though. I should stipulate it's not. No, us. we've never blinded anybody. No, nope. That's good. That's excellent. And I, I'm a Especially true testament me. to that. Especially I have me. I've never I've never hurt a soul. <laughs> <laughs> you hurt me every day, well, Bradley. You hurt me every day. No, it's, it's, every with love, day. it's with love and affection. <laughs> so did you always know you were going to go into ophthalmology? No, that's not what I – my career path, I, I'm, not, I'm not built like an ophthalmologist. Most ophthalmologists are about 5'8", five 5'7". Foot five foot <laughs> it's true? Really? And, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, they're, they're, and, and it, when I went in, it was about 90% male and about 10% female. Now it's – Probably fifty-fifty. I would say, it's a tr- it's specialty that attracts a lot of female doctors, and uh, females tend to have delicate hands and uh, have good manual dexterity, mm. and it lends itself to that. I went. I started out to want to be an orthopedic surgeon. Wow. Well, because I'm a jock, and basically I'd encountered orthopedic surgeons all throughout my youth. Sure. Uh, whether I wanted to or not, and um, 
I thought that's the the route I wanted to go, and I I was headed down that path, and uh, through a series of circumstances, um, uh, it turned out that I I was exposed to ophthalmology, um, but it was depends on what specialty you want to go into, Brandon. If you choose a specialty that's very popular, if you don't make that career choice, you almost have to make it in your first year of med school, which is not fair because you don't really know what you want to do then. Yeah. I just knew I wanted to be a surgeon. I didn't know. I thought I wanted to be an orthopod. Um, but or an OBGYN. Actually, I liked. I liked to. I like that too. I like really? all the. O, I like all the O words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember one of the videos on our website to do a shameless plug on that. Mm. Uh, yeah, you please. talk about how um, LASIKworld.com. There, see, I didn't even get to that. <laughs> oh yeah, there we wow, go. Wow, Brandon, that's great. Thank you, you talk Brandon. about You're your, welcome. Your, you had a knack for microsurgery. It's something that you early on noticed, or you I they did. were noticed for. I guess. Well, I, I liked I liked the I liked doing uh, fine discriminatory things with my hands. I liked to be able to do it, and I liked I liked doing surgery through a scope. Hmm. And when I went in, I did an orthopedic. Uh, two things happened at the same time. I did an orthopedic rotation with a sports medicine guy in Salt Lake City, and um, outside the university, he was a very popular guy. He did a lot of ski injuries and things like that. And I went in and do a shoulder with him. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't very precise and it was, you know, and, <laughs> well, it's like watching a bunch of guys work on a pinto sometimes. Yeah, you, uh, you watch videos and, I mean, I'm just saying that when you watch them do joints sometimes, uh, uh, you know, physical well, yeah, joints, it, that, it's glorified carpentry is what it is. Yeah, you know? They get out the DeWalt drill. They've yeah. got the circular saw almost in the background. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, scary. It, it's very rough. Kind Stainless of. steel hammers yeah, and, yeah. you know, chisels and all that stuff. And it's it, intense. It, Wow. And and you know I watched it and it was uh, it was like geez you know <laughs> we were halfway through and he says where do you think we should put this tenon and I thought should, hopefully you know hopefully you're just asking me because you're pimping me you don't <laughs> you really do know don't you but you know it was it was like that and I I thought afterwards you know that's not very precise and at the same time the next rotation I did was an ophthalmology rotation and it was just an elective to fill some time but I was on a, a, a service. Uh, it rotated out to the VA hospital, which is a huge complex there in Salt Lake. It's like 10 buildings, and it covers multiple acres of land. And um, uh, I was assisting in surgery uh, this guy who was a uh, chief resident. He was a senior resident, and he was doing a cataract surgery on this old guy, this old veteran, uh, who had been blind for at least 15 years. Wow. He was blind in one eye. He couldn't see out of it at all. And he had developed a dense cataract that was as, as white as a piece of paper in the other eye. And he had not seen uh, anybody's face for 15-plus years. Wow. Was this just, just genetic? Was this brought on by something? Well, he, he'd had trauma. The eye that was damaged was – he lost it in, in uh, service. Wow. Uh, but the other eye was just you – know, developed a dense cataract. And he lived in a part of the uh, Intermountain West where he didn't get a lot of care. So he came down to the, the Salt Lake VA because it's a huge place. And um, he ended up having this surgery. And I remember Randy Johnson, the guy named me, he practiced, he ended up being a retina specialist up in Wyoming eventually. But Randy did the surgery on him, and um, it was fascinating to watch. And I just sat there and basically kept the eye wet by putting moisture drops on it. And it took him, at that point, it took him about an hour to do. And they patched the eye overnight. And, and, uh, and uh, the next morning, I went on the rounds with him, and you know we took took the patch off this old guy, and uh, he he just broke down because for the first time in I don't know how many years, fifteen years plus, he actually could see faces. Oh my! Wow! Gosh. And you know it was it was dramatic, and I thought to myself, two things happened. One is, Randy goes in, he kicks his shoes off because you work the pedals with your feet, and uh, so he kicks his shoes off. He sits down, and in an hour, he does his surgery puts a patch on and the next day this this man has this amazing life transformation and i thought you know if you can do something like that uh and have that profound an effect on somebody's life in in that short a duration of time it's it's amazing and it you know it was very precise it was mm-hmm. through a scope so it kind of fit my my uh my desires and what i wanted to do but the problem was it was really late to the dance oh okay and uh, it was <clears throat> it was uh I had an orthopedic residency lined up already, um, and so um, to try to get an ophthalmology residency, usually I have to apply in your first, second year because they're so popular. 
Uh, and that was even before laser surgery. They're even more popular now. But uh, I, through a series of fortuitous circumstances, I was very blessed and was able to to kind of round it out and, and ended up getting a residency and uh, and and an internship in ophthalmology. And so that's that's kind of how I ended up. And it. it was just, you know, I just felt like there was some divine intervention there because I really was very my my application process started way late mm-hmm. for for that particular specialty so so you genuinely when you took the patch off of that gentleman's eye you you knew at that moment that that was it or did you just kind of almost were you like it was a, it was it was an aha moment i mean randy was i mean the guy was just weeping his wife was weeping. Wow. Randy Johnson was weeping. <laughs> I started crying. It was oh, like wow. it was like it's like an you know, Oprah show. It was like an Oprah show. <laughs> you know, it was like laying on a hands. I mean, it was amazing. And wow. I thought, you know, I thought that was remarkable. And then, um, and so that's when I decided to look into it. Although I, when I looked into it, I found that I was way late and hmm. hadn't done anything. But uh, I'm, I'm glad. It, I'm glad it, it's true. I'm glad. It, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me three. <laughs> so, so what brought you out, out this way, out towards the Sacramento area? What you do, Brandon, when you get through with uh, school, when you, when you apply to residency programs, you actually end up applying to all the places you think you want to go. Oh, sure. And you get as many interviews as you can, and then you go and interview all those places. And then you do what's called the match where you put in your top 10 choices, one through 10, and all these programs then put in their top 10 choices of residents. And there's a, I think at that point there was about 2,000, 2,500 people applying, and I, I don't remember how many spots. There were four or 500 in the country. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but I, uh, I had my places listed, and um, I think this was the second or th- this is the third place I interviewed. I interviewed for about, about 20 places. Um, but uh, I just liked it out here. I yeah. thought I liked it. I point by I love the fact that it doesn't snow here. <laughs> I just, uh, but you're only an hour and a half away if you if wanted you to want, visit. And, and if who I want wants if, to do that, well, and if I want, well, if I want to visit, it's not in my driveway that, that I have exactly to shovel. True. So that's <laughs> so that's that. So that's what you know. And so we liked it here. So we put this as one of our top choices, and we end up matching here. So excellent. We ended up moving down here in '84. I think my son, who's going to be 35 in May, was uh, six weeks old at the time. Wow! And we uh, we ended up moving down here and starting residency. We were here for about three and a half years doing residency. <clears throat> and then I met Bob Griffin. He was a he was a guy. He was a retina guy here in town, practicing retina mostly, general ophthalmology as well. And uh, we hit it off. And he ended up offering me a job, and a number of people, other other people, offered me a job, and I gave it a lot of consideration. Ended up deciding to to give it a shot with him, and it's just that that's how it worked out. The rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yep. You have uh, you said you have one son. He's thirty five. Do you he's have 35. any other kids? Yeah, my daughter is. Uh, oh, I better not say how old my daughter. Is. <laughs> young. She's my, young. Da- my my daughter Beth is approaching uh, midlife. Um, Wow, <laughs> she'll she'll be she actually uh, she'll probably kill. She'll me. be fine. She'll be fine. she'll be forty in July. Wow, yeah, you have a forty-year-old child. I do. Can you believe it? Well, I, you're I, a you young look, I got he married when 25. I was twelve. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we started having children at fourteen. <laughs> you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, she's uh, Beth will be uh, uh, Beth Beth and Eric uh, Jameson. Hopefully nobody will come and throw stuff at their house. <laughs> they live in Loomis, and uh, they have uh, three kids. Awesome. And my oldest granddaughter will be 16 this week. Wow. And then I have a, a 13-year-old granddaughter, Grace. Samantha's the oldest, then Grace. And then Uriah is the baby, and he just he just turned nine. So ah, that's and, awesome. And he is the spitting image of Dr. Reed, which is amazing to me. No well, kidding. He's just a very handsome well, man. Well, that, well, that's a better way to say uh, it. He's very, you're very handsome. <laughs> I mean, if you see the two of them together, it looks almost just like... It's like, a little bit like mini-me. It a is, shorter. very much so. Yeah. so yeah. That's it. And that's just an example of how, you know, when you relocated here, uh, you stayed here and your roots are here. And, right. And, well, this is my home. Family. This is my home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where this is where I live. So, what brought you, Brent? Can I talk? I, I, yeah, you call I, me Brent. It's yeah, hard please. to call you Brent. I don't well, know you well, as Doctor Do- Reed. Reed. Just call him Doctor. Right. Well, I prefer you call me Doctor Reed, Brent. <laughs> no, no, he's not like that. He would. He's totally fine with that. But I, I, I can't. 
I just it's you can't it's call him Doctor Reed. It's I, I know I can, I, I can only call him. any oh, of our okay. any of our physicians or doctors. I I have to. It's oh, just, it's protocol. I think it's my well, mom. Brad was raised in the South. You know, <laughs> yeah, everything is very well, polite. Just, I mean, everything's anyway. very polite. Yeah, I'll be quiet. You call, you're, you're asking a question. You can you can call me whatever you want, Brad. <laughs> okay, sir, Doctor Reed, sir. Uh, Brad, how, how did what brought you together with Brad? How did oh, you guys? Oh, oh gosh. that's a terrible oh, story. Man. Okay, well let, we got some time. Oh. That's not a terrible story. It's it's actually a wonderful thing. He and Brad and oh, did you tell him all this story? I, I don't. I don't remember actually what I told you. Let's get the your story. side of the story. So Brad Brad graduated from school. Sorry, I just moved this microphone. Oh, you're fine. Did that make noise. Is the is the temperature okay in here? Because oh, it's, it's perfect. I was for me. sweating like a prostitute in church there for a second, but I, I think I'm. I think it leveled out. The more we talk about Brad, the more his temperature. It's probably go. that. It's probably that. I'm but, very comfortable, but then I'm an old guy who gets cold easily. Okay, so. I, just, well, I, I can tell you sure. my recollection of the story, mm. and then you can tell me. Okay, go ahead. Um, I was married at the time, and she was going to uh, law school out here, so we moved out here for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had gone to school, my undergrad stuff's all in uh, marketing. And so when I came here, started looking for opportunities and actually met with another physician that happens to know Dr. Reed. And then he ended up sending my stuff to him because he heard that they were looking for somebody to do that. So I transferred, not transferred, but I I went and started interviewing with Dr. Reed. And um, that was in, I started there November 15th of 99. And so but it's been fascinating. I remember I shared the last time I was here how I remember coming into into work in my little Honda Civic I was driving, you know, my little value package I was sure. driving on Highway 80, listening to this show, which I always say this is very surreal. Every time I get to come here, or even this, just to think about it, it's wild when you think about it. And I was listening to it, and um, I think I shared last time they were doing the swearing parrot routine, which if you've never heard, it's great. But anyway, it, it's an old it's an old bit that you know they don't do anymore. But um, I was listening to him going, you know, we have to be associated with this show. There's something I, I, you have to. So anyway, from there it went downhill as far as that goes in a good way. But um, but no, so we've been together ever since as far as that goes. It's uh, but it's it's you know the guy, and when you when you get to know him, it's like who? Why wouldn't you want to do everything you can to promote him? Well, you're so, you're kind of so that's because because it's a genuine. <laughs> There's nothing better than marketing or promoting a, a viable uh, product or service, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to turn this into a sales discussion, but at the same well, time— you are a mar- you are a marketing genius. Well, no, I don't know he, about he that. He actually is. He oh. is a marketing <laughs> genius. Really but but I don't know if that—but there's—if it's not genuine, then it there's no oomph behind it. There's no desire. There's no deep-rooted uh, motivation, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's why now it's, what, not over 19 years now— uh, uh, yeah, over 19 yeah. years has been there. Yeah. Wow. But so I don't even know how many eyes have been treated in Sacramento with with us. But well, we we keep we quit to, a we, lot. we kept track for a while. Remember, we used to keep track because yeah. that yeah. was that was a big deal. People yeah. would say, oh, "I've done ten thousand. Yeah. I've done twenty thousand. Yes. yes. Like, we how many can see? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, you, are you saying that twenty thousand is like a is not that impressive? How, no. Well, you know, you really? see a lot of. I mean, this again isn't a marketing discussion. This is a Doctor Reed discussion. But you, some people will will promote or try to try to capitalize on how many tens of thousands they've done. Okay. Which, I mean, I guess that shows experience technically. I guess, but at the same time, one thing as Doctor Reed always says, it's not how many we do; it, it's the quality of vision that they have. Because if you do a bunch, but they're walking around with German shepherds and canes, not saying they are, but at the same time, <laughs> that's that's not a successful outcome. I mean, right. you you that's not what you're going for, right? I mean, if mm-hmm. you don't improve your life or improve your vision, then why are you even doing it? I mean, it, that makes no sense. So, um, but anyway, so that's why they typically say that. But anyway, back to Doctor Reed. I got off on a tangent. So, what was your first impression of Brad when oh, you gosh. first met him? Oh gosh, we're back on that. What, what was uh, the? Yeah, well, that's where we started. That's a really good question. I'm yeah. drinking so, a diet. So, um, I, I I like Brad from the start because I liked his accent. <laughs> me too. Uh, that's what yeah. drew me to him. Oh, right yeah. away. gosh, uh, I'm that glad, is, that, I'm glad that's all it took. Just it, like because <laughs> you you know because he, he he acts like Gomer Powell, but he's a, oh, he's as smart as a whip. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's the Colombo strategy. Yeah, he he, he, he talks. <laughs> He talks like he's from the south. And he talks slow, and you know, but but the, man, the the wheels are always turning. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. and and th- that was one thing. But the thing that really uh, attracted me to Brad is he's honest. He's an honest, good person. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate and, that. And that was that coming was, from you. That's, well, that's like well, that was the thing that attracted me the most. And, and he, thank uh, you, thank you. 
I respected him for his decisions, the things he, that he did. I respected him for the things and the decisions he's made since then. Mm-hmm. Except well, for the well, one regarding Jamie that we can't talk about. <laughs> She's right in there in the other room, Why can't room, we actually. talk about Jamie? She's in the other room, but we can't talk She's about She's smiling her. at us right now. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I think, you. I think you'd probably marry Jamie in a minute if she'd say yes, but I think she's too smart for that. <laughs> I think – did you ever see the show – I don't know if Carolyn – I don't know if your wife watches this. There's a show called Outlander. All the ladies that listen to this probably are going to know. It was, I mean, there's this guy on there. Mm. I don't know the name of the character. She's yelling something. I'm, I'm going to have to Google it. Anyway, Jamie Fraser is the character's name, but not the actor's name. Yeah. But anyway, so that's if that's probably who she's holding out for, actually, because they sell, like, cardboard cutouts of the guy on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Fraser. <laughs> what, I don't know his real name. Yeah, that's his real name. His real name is Jamie Fraser. Oh, no, Sam Hong? Yeah, whatever. Oh, whatever. Anyway, I don't, he doesn't do anything for me. But the point is is that— <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> but maybe, I'm glad. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what she's holding out for, then. But anyway— Sorry. No, I this think, is, I, I think I think she who thought Outlander would come up today. <laughs> well, that's what that this this conversation is kind of like a schizophrenic. You know, I, I told I'm, Brandon I'm going to sit over here. Schizophrenic on diet coke. Well, I mean, I, the I haven't drank that much. It's like a, no, it's, you're actually doing okay. I went to Lucille's in, uh, before we came over here. Well, I don't even know where Lucille's it's is. Right in there, right it's there. It's in the general area. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I went to a place and got a beverage. <laughs> You, and this so, is my so favorite is, line. You can Luc- edit that. Is out. Lucille okay. paying you for that little endorsement? I'm there, sorry, that's, wait a minute. I didn't even think about that. That's product placement. It is. You th- see, he's always thinking. He's always thinking. <laughs> but anyway, so that that is just, so that's how we met. And it's like I never knew how long. I mean, I, I, how do you know how long you're going to be somewhere? As far as that goes, I mean, it's like I don't. I never knew how long. Usually, it's the people gonna, you're with, right? Well, that we there's a lot of people at at our practices that have been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've been a little over 19 years. How long has Lori been there? 20? Oh, she's been, she's been there longer than I have. And Sabrina? She's, she's, Sabrina's going on 20. Yeah, but wow. just, there's a lot of people. Lisa's like 23. Yep, yep. A lot of people. Seidel, got to, Dr. Seidel just hit his 20. Yep, a lot yeah. of people a long time. Now, why do they do that? Probably because we uh, have all that dirt on them and they don't believe <laughs> There's no dirt. There's no dirt. But no, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to be there. But I'll be quiet while we talk about Doctor Reed. So, oh, it's all good. We were uh, talking about you, Brad. Well, you we talked about his an, impression of you. We got enough about me from that last one. And he is he is a good man. And I've watched him go through the ups and downs of life. Uh, and he has he has faced it with courage and uh, and just just a he's just a good soul. He just is. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't I no. keep saying thank you, but I, what am I supposed <laughs> to say? Well, I I know I've only known uh, Brad for a fraction of the time that you have, but um, the the of that time I have, he's been a very good uh, mentor slash uh, therapist. I've actually had some spent some time on his couch in his office, yeah. and he's actually given me some very sage advice, which usually comes with some fr- some some. Uh, Humorous anecdotes yeah. or um, some type of comparison to animals. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember. I mean, I'm, once you're in the zone, I mean, uh, I, exactly. I can't, I can't but it works. It, whatever. It's, no, it's that southern drawl that I, just makes anything work. I told you the last time I was here that the first time I met Brandon, um, when we were at the, you're at the building there at 98 Rock, and just meeting you. Because uh, you were there with Nick, I believe at the time, right? Or no? Was it just you? I could have been. Could have been Nick. There was a transitionary period. You, I mean, Doctor Reed knows Nick. There have been a lot of producers yeah. in transition. But there was something that Brandon, it seemed to identify that um, he he stayed and he knew what he knew what this what this was, and he kind of knew or saw. Maybe you didn't, but you seemed like you did. So just go with that. So you <laughs> but, so you knew something was happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at it today. I mean, it, it is it is amazing what it has done in this market, and it's amazing what it's done for our business. But yeah. it, it's um, but that's the first time I met you. I mean, it's like you you could tell. Yeah. No, I mean, this partnership was a match made in heaven, obviously, but I think I don't that, know if Rob would agree. <laughs> are you sure about that? I don't know. I get the occasional text. Oh, well, that's just Rob being Rob. I Rob, mean, Rob can't help that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just, he's just being himself. Like, Rob's got to be a little bit of a curmudgeon now and then. Otherwise, he doesn't feel fulfilled. Well, I, exactly. I, I love Rob's bluntness. Yeah, it makes him who he is. That's why That's why we love him. Well, and, pe- people come in to me and they'll, they'll say, how'd you fight here about us? They'll say, I heard about you on the Rob Anybody Not Show. And I say, well, then you know that if the, if Rob didn't do well, it doesn't matter what else goes on. He would tell everybody <laughs> about that. That's true. <laughs> and they and they, they, they know that. They yeah. know that's true, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Rob had surgery... 
Well, it's like been 18 years ago. 19 years ago? 18? Uh, man. I don't remember the date. A long time. That Rob time. could tell us, but yeah, I think I think it was nineteen. I yeah, it's got to be eighteen, nineteen, sometime around there. Yeah. yeah, and that was about the same time that you came into town, right? Just shortly after. No, I actually came into town in eighty-seven. Oh, okay, that's right. So it, we we started doing uh, laser vision correction uh, mid ninety-four. Okay, mid ninety-four, and that was after. Uh, and that was during the Canada trip. That was during the Canada trip. I don't trip, know if yeah. everybody knows about that. You have to tell them about that Ooh, yeah. time. Yeah, tell period. us about your time in Canada. Yeah, how'd that happen? <laughs> that was that was pre me. I mean, that was pre me. But uh, he he, there's an interesting story about how they all got into it. Okay. We we uh, we had an interest in it when we built our building in ninety ninety one. We could see that it was coming. We'd been down to visit the guys that built the first Exmer laser in uh, Sunnyvale in nineteen just after I joined Griffin eighty seven. And they were so excited to have two ophthalmologists come look at it because they had built one box, shipped it off to do the first human trial to uh, Margaret McDonald, who's a doc in, she was at LSU at that point in time. I think she's in Manhattan now, but anyway. So you've been a part of LASIK surgery since the beginning yeah, of the actual really, device. Really when they first developed it. Yeah. That's fascinating. Well, like, I I was blind. I mean, I was I was a little blind boy from the time I was a kid, and I... I hated my glasses. Yeah. So you were like, it. you had massive crap. You I were had, like thick had, coat balls. I had huge astigmatism and I was nearsighted to boot and I hated it. <laughs> and uh, and I couldn't, I, I had so much astigmatism, they didn't even make a soft toric lens to fit me until, you know, just before I was able to get laser done. So, you know, it was, uh, it was, you know, I was so fascinated by the technology. You had see. a personal interest. I mean, it yeah. was, it wasn't oh yeah, something... it was. It was. It was for me. Right. I was interested for me. You know, <laughs> it's all about me, right? Yeah. So I was. I wanted to see, and I also felt like you know, if if it was good enough, if it reached the point where it was good enough to do people, how could I possibly sit there with my thick glasses on and tell somebody else it was good for them if I hadn't done it myself? Sure. And frankly, I got to the point where I believed in it, and uh, and then I had to figure out who to go to. And uh, we'd struck up a relationship with a fellow in uh, Vancouver. And there were four four people in the world I th- I considered to be really good in midnight in the mid nineties, and uh, he was the one I trusted the most. I felt he'd treat me like family, and and he did. And it was a miraculous experience. Word got out I was going to go, and so get it done. And uh, because we did all the news people, the, mostly television people at that point. They they just came in for routine eye care. And um, I ended up having uh, four or five other people go with me, all equally blind. We all had it done the same day. And it was it was amazing. Wow. It was miraculous. And then we ended up, we thought the FDA was going to approve it, but there was some political skullduggery that occurred. And, and they uh, did a news series on that, right? They did. They did. Back when you Jen, went. Jen Smith from yes, Channel 10 yes, yes. actually came up with us in September that year after I had my done in July. Okay. She came in September, and she brought a cameraman and videoed the whole thing, and they did a four-part series on ABC. Mm. That was an ABC station then. Huh. And uh, and she got a, she won a national award, but the main thing is she, that showed all over the country. So we had people flying in from all over the country to come in, and, and we would go once a month, and we'd tell, take turns. Bob Griffin go one month, I'd go the next month. And we'd go up on a Tuesday with a group and have another group come in on Wednesday, have another group come in on Thursday, and we stay all week and do their surgery up there, and then come home with them and follow them up down here. <clears throat> so we ended up having a lot of nasty high correction come from all over the United States wow. to come and go with us. So we got great experience in, in doing it uh, and, and being there with somebody who had already got, you know, in the learning curve process, you don't want to be part of anything in medicine as a patient if it's still in the learning curve stage. Right. Because <laughs> at least if it's part of your body, you care about it. Yeah. Higher risks. Yeah, well, <laughs> higher risk and unknowns. Right. So, but these guys, I mean, you know, the Brits, the Canadians, the Europeans already walked down the, the path. They'd already blown themselves up with all the landmines that lay there. So we were able to walk down the path and there was nothing there except, you know, good times ahead. Mm. And we learned from them, piggybacked on what they did, and were able to transfer it to here when we got approved in the U.S. So it was great. Wow. You're a pioneer. I tell people this. I've told people this before, and I don't know if it matters or not, but, you know, you take for granted a lot of times that, you know, I mean, you're right here. And you look back in that time period and people fly. I remember back when I think there was a lady that flew in from Japan. I remember when I was here, when I first had started, people from all over. And I was thinking, okay, these people are traveling all over. And I'm a little biased, of course. But at the same time, all you listeners here locally Mm – 
he's right here. We're right here. I mean, it's like you don't have to travel anywhere, and we take it for granted in a way. But and because uh, Lasik's become, I mean, not to make this a hundred percent Lasik conversation, but it's become commoditized, and it's everybody you know claims to be an expert or, or pilgrim. Pretty much, everyone's dressed like one from the, you know, back in Thanksgiving. <laughs> but 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 it's not true. So to me personally, I mean, you want someone who believes in it and um, has been there as long as they've pretty much been practicing. So, but but that's, that's that shows your commitment from. Day one, so yeah, I, I always I, I believed it had great potential. And, and well, what was it like for you? I mean, when you got it done, oh, it was amazing. I, I stood up, I laid down there, and I looked at that. Then it was a blinking red light, not a green light, like you saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I looked at that blinking red light, and I didn't take a pill because I thought, oh, I thought, oh yeah, heck, I'll be. <laughs> it's fine. being an athlete. That's what it was. He's been well, you know, I don't, you know, you, you can't show any any signs of weakness. <laughs> That's right, right, no tears. <laughs> so I lay down there, and all of a sudden, I look at that blinking red light, and I've watched my five friends that were all equally blind to me mm. or worse stand up, look at the clock, break out, you know, break down, just have an, an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to do mine. Lay down, look up at the red light. And my heart starts to pound in my throat. Oh, yeah. And the boom, you know exactly what that feels sure. like. The bong, bong, bong. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, how come you're doing it? But it's just, you know, it's your eyes. And there's just a certain visceral reaction when you start to think about somebody messing with your eyes. Well, it's, it's totally mental. It is mental. Absolutely. It is. It is because it doesn't hurt, but it's just, it's just strange. And, um, Afterwards, I thought you should have taken a pill. But, uh, <laughs> but so, but, what did you but, see? But, after? Oh, I, I stood you... up. I stood up, and there was a there was a clock on the wall. It's about the size of the one here in the studio, and I didn't even know the clock was there before. Oh, wow. No kidding! Yeah, and I could see it, and it was one thirty-two and fifteen ticks. Wow! And, nice. You know that's that's indelibly printed. In see the fact that he remembers that. Yeah. See, that shows you. I was very well, detailed individual. There you that, go. That see. was a, that was a life changing moment right there. And now every yeah. time you see that same time on the clock, you think back. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, <laughs> he, he gets a little pucker every time he thinks of, of one thirty two and fifteen. I'm gonna start sending you emails at one thirty two and fifteen. At, at, at one at uh, one twenty five, I get a little pucker. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that's amazing. So then you came back here. And you, that probably just catch you on fire. Oh, I was, I, mean, I was, I was, and so were the five people that went with mm-hmm. me. They were all just amazing. But we didn't know much about the post up and the follow up. You know, we we do we do intellectually, but we didn't do it. So I, I drugged those poor people in, <laughs> just about every day for two months. I, I had them come in just about every day. I sometimes give them a Sunday off. Wow! But I kept dragging them in to see what they looked like and make sure they were how they were healing and follow all the data so I could figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were good sports about it, but. Uh, they all they all end up doing very well. So, how long did it ultimately take you to go from trial, first trial, to to really getting the, the system down? Probably by the time we took another group in September. I did mine in July. We took a group in September, and we're still in the learning curve process. And then we took another group. I think we took two groups before the end of the year. By the time we got to January '95, we were we were grooved. Nice. I mean, we were we were doing. I mean, we just it was we had done enough patients at that point and um, had enough correction experience with high correction that it was uh, it was uh, just impressive. I mean, it was amazing because the U.S. trials were not doing the U.S. trials when they did the the, the FDA trials, they didn't do anything above a minus six power, hmm. and he was doing people. He had no limitation. I mean, basically, if they had enough corneal tissue, he was doing everybody, and so. He taught us how to do that, and there was a specialized technique that he developed that helped us learn to do that. And uh, our he's out- since passed away. Hasn't he though. did, unfortunately. Uh, he just got ready to retire. He was such a good man. His name was Don Johnson, not the actor, not the actor. <laughs> Although I did love some Miami Vice <laughs> and some Nash Bridges. I've got the box set. <laughs> No doubt, da- no doubt. I'm serious. Show, on VHS, it's a show out of the cell. I always wanted a, a yellow Cuda, but you but, just don't have a Ferrari Testarossa. No, no, I don't have no, there. No, no, I don't have that. Right. Sorry. But so he, pa- I remember when you showed this. He passed away, but he taught you a lot of the. Oh, he did. Technique. He was amazing. And then we had him. After we'd done about 500 people uh, up there with him, we we uh, had a dinner where we invited him to come down, and we had a banquet, and uh, we had we had we had we didn't have enough chairs. We we had a 500 seats. And we couldn't. We had to get a bigger venue because we couldn't uh, 
you know, we thought maybe if we had a hundred people to come, but everybody that had their eyes done came. Wow. It was a, it was the greatest party. So powerful. It's so powerful. To see everybody there. And then he came and, and he was honored at the, the, the party. And I remember he, he always used to wear this, this green cap, <laughs> you know, this surgeon's cap. And so he got up and, and, you know, he, he put it. He got a green napkin and he put it on top of his head. And he said, "You probably don't recognize me." They put the green napkin. I said, "Now you may not know who I am." Wow. Now, what year was that Let's when he see. came? Because that was before me. Gee, I don't remember what year that was, Bradley. It was not, probably. Um, it had to be ninety six. I was gonna say six ninety six yeah. and ninety six, early ninety seven. Now, when you were going there, <clears throat> yeah, not to take over Brandon's questions because I need to shut up. Oh, you're fine. Is that? Did you, I think at that time, because the FDA had not approved it here, so here right. in our facility now, you had, the laser was there waiting to be used, yep. to be approved, but you could not legally use it yet, Correct. so you were just waiting for the FDA approval to happen. Correct. They already had the experience, but interestingly enough, with the way the process works, you had to wait until that happened, but as soon as it was done, you were ready. We were. Um, and that just, I mean, you talk about longevity doing it. Uh, that, that's that's interesting to me. Well, you're is, ready. it was interesting because you had to be proctored by uh, somebody who had done some mm. in your facility in the United States. So it got approved on a Thursday or Friday of that week. I was in Canada with, with three groups. And so I ended up coming. I always come home with the last group. So what we did is we arranged. I flew in Sunday from Vancouver. And I came right to the clinic at our office downtown there. And... Uh, they had a patient there, and they had a doctor from Canada named Doctor Mortimer. I, I think he was from Montreal, but he he was a he was the proctor, and he came, and he had to proctor my first case, and we had my first patient there that Sunday to be done because he had to sit there and watch me do it. Mm. It was fascinating because we'd done far more than Doctor Mortimer had ever done, <laughs> but <laughs> he was there for moral support. He was there for well, he yeah. was. It's just the process you have to go through, yeah. and he yeah. he was there, and he proctored the case and stamped me on the forehead. And, wow. Uh, and we're good to go. That's crazy. So you, it's probably safe to say that you helped write the book on the whole thing. Well, we, we discovered a lot of things that go that needed to happen so that it could be done properly, yeah. And so it, 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 we mention a lot in the ads that we run on the radio that there's all these strip mall versions of, of oh. LASIK surgery. Um, how... <laughs> How does that make you feel knowing that you put so much into and you've invested so much into the technology and there's so there's so many people out there that just kind of seem to wave their flag like they know what they're doing? Well, you know, we live in a free market system and people can make choices because it's their agency to do so. Um, and that's true for doctors and that's true for patients. Um, and so I have no... Um, I really can't say much about what people's choices are because that's their choices. I make mine, they can make theirs. Sure. But but what I what I do see is and what I am glad for is there used to be 10, 11 of these surgery mills in the area four mm. or five years ago. And most of them... Ooh, surgery mills, that just sounds awful. Well, they are. They're surgery mills. They What's an accurate description? Well, if you can't differentiate yourself based on on safety or outcomes, which are really the things people want. I mean... Mm. What do you want when you get eye surgery? You want to be safe and you want to see well, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't differentiate yourself on that fact, that basis, then all you really have left to do is differentiate yourself on differentiate yourself on price. Mm. And so, you know, it's a it's a price war out there between these places, and the ads they run are ludicrous because if you read the fine print, the, the qualification to get that price, if you need if you get if you're qualified to get that price, you don't need laser surgery. No. So, so you know, and it, it's just sad but true. It's mm -hmm. true. It's true. So that's true. There used to be ton. It used to be almost a joke. Uh, there was almost a laser for every potential patient. There was there was but one. There was one every fifteen yeah. blocks or so. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. It was an interesting storm, but at the same time, we like you said, the focus, no pun intended, was on safety and outcomes, and that's where you, where we've always, all the physicians have always focused on, and. For the long term, yeah. the infinite game, as they call it, as Mr. Simon Sinek calls it, uh, if you ever watch his stuff, it, it's that's what it is really is the infinite game and, and focus it on the long term because it's not about what your competition's doing. It's, it's about, about what, what you're, you're doing. doing. Well, at the end of the day, Bradley, and you know this and we've talked about this, you have to live with yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you do the best you can for the people that trust you to do that mm – -hmm. And you look yourself in the mirror and feel good about yourself and you can feel good about who you are and your relationship to those people. Mm. Um, and um, I just think you have to weigh everything you do by that, which 
is not necessarily convenient or easy, but in the long run, it, it's what really makes the difference. The relationships you build with people are really what make the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so now that we've kind of talked about more about the LASIK and and, uh, and back to Doctor Reed's life, getting to know, yeah. Oh, what what do you do for fun, like on your on your spare time? Oh, these are good questions. Yeah. Like, do you have any hobbies? I need like a footstool. I, I try to play golf. Okay. I try he's to very golf. good. I've seen, he's very good at golf. Oh, come on. Brad. In your old tournaments that y'all used to do? Sure. I mean, my yeah, gosh. I remember, was... remember when I broke that window and that poor pregnant lady yes. came out? I, I don't know if anybody else does, but you should share that. Wait, oh, you had a temper? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. You no. broke a window. He sliced no, I, a shot. No, I, I, had a, I had a duck hook. Oh, okay. So we were playing at Serrano, and I had a duck hook on. I don't remember what hole it was. It was for your... Char- it, it was, was for, for one of our charity hit. golf yeah. events. Yeah, it was one of the that was pre-branded, maybe. Yeah. That oh, was pre-branded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it yeah. was. Yeah, and I hit a duck hook on this par <laughs> five, and it just went. I never hit a hook. I'm a slicer, if anything. And I hit this duck hook, and it goes about a hundred yards out and makes a sharp left. It goes up, <laughs> flies up over the top of this hill, and there was this nice house sitting up on top of the hill, with these huge window pitch mm-hmm. picture windows used to have we used to have yeah <laughs> and it hit this window and it hit it so hard it made a it, the bang sounded like oh, a cherry bomb went off okay? no. and and it, it you know you look up there everybody well rob was on the hole mm-hmm. and he fell over he was he fell over he was laughing and rolling <laughs> on the ground yeah. and my son was there and he was doing the same thing yeah. and uh uh and it, it, it knocked a hole in the window. Holy Wasn't the lady pregnant that was laying oh, in the yeah. bed in that room? She, and she, the woman oh, no. came out, and she came to the, she came out, and she was shaking, and she came to the fence, and she was literally ready to deliver any moment. She was actually. Well, it's a good two, thing you're almost an OB. Because yeah, he's right. Just two or three days overdue. <laughs> And I thought I was going to send the poor deer into labor. Oh, my goodness. She was taking a nap or something, and all of a sudden. She was. Back. She was sleeping in that room where it hit the window. <laughs> That's if insane. she's listening to this. So, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, how, how how did that resolve? Like, did you did you I end up exchanging I wrote information? A check. I bought her a new window. You did. That's how it <laughs> it's a pretty easy, I would hope so. Pretty easy resolution. Uh, yeah, I bought her a window, and and she had a nice baby a few days later. Well, so. that, that's <laughs> good. I mean, if you're going to live on a golf course, you should probably expect that, though. Yeah, but is golf your number? Is that like? Is there a number two thing, or is golf it? As far as what I do for fun. If that was was it fun yeah, or in, like what was? Do you have any? What do you do on your spare time? Do you have any hobbies? Golf? Uh, yeah. I'm really active in my church, and okay. so I spend a lot of time doing church activities. That's awesome. It's a like lot. job number two. It is like it, actually maybe job number it's one. Kind, it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> if if you're LDS, Brandon. I don't know if you know much about the LDS Church, Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints, but um, they have no paid clergy, at mm-hmm. least not on a local level, and so everybody has a job. And uh, everybody has a calling or a job. And I've been involved with what I'm doing right now for almost nine years. And it, it's, it's, it's time intense. Sure. But it's fantastic. It's very gratifying. That's awesome. You know what I heard? When, I don't know who it was who <clears throat> said this, but they said that they liked knowing that about you because they knew you were never going to be coming into surgery hungover from from the night before because yeah, that's of, true because <laughs> the, the religious belief of course so yeah. it's like that you were never going to well and I don't drink coffee so I don't no, shake exactly either, so there was good. no shaking there was no hangover <laughs> doctor Reed, when he showed up because you start early and so when you that you knew there was going to be no problem sure so that I just thought it was I never thought about that yeah, but it, but it is a plus one of the rules is you know when you go into surgery you never want to be the first case or the last case right? yeah that's true <laughs> but it doesn't really matter because I don't drink so it's all good. <laughs> it doesn't matter and I don't party so it's all good well, yeah. so there you go so golf is it golf and church and, golf and church and okay. then family yeah, yeah. I spend yeah. a lot of time with my wife and I spend a lot of time together yep. do you do you spend any time doing any binging on the Netflix or or no, anything like that not really no no, do I have any? Shows? What do you watch? That's a good question. I'm, uh, I'm sports, curious. Really? Sports, yeah. I yeah. like I like sports still. I, I I've given up on the NBA. I thought we were talking about Duck Dynasty one time back in the day. I did. I watched I watched Duck Dynasty for a while because I found <laughs> they reminded me of you, Brad. Really? I never watched the show. Oh yeah, so you that's, should. That's your cousin. That's right like there, watching. Right? That's like talking to my family every week. Well, I mean, that's your. Yeah, well, it's I'm true. Not, yeah. Wanna, I've already yeah. know those people. It would. You know, it's just just a few states over. That's it's all. true. It's like just a bunch of lines divided. <laughs> <laughs> but so that show, because I don't I mean you don't have a, I don't think he has a lot of time, of course, where he oh, would course. just sit down and watch it. Yeah. But at the same time, I always, when you told me that, I thought it was entertaining that that was uh, 
You need that. You need to build it. You know, our, D, our DVR is just chock full. My wife loves the Hallmark Channel. Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh dear. Don't talk. Oh, man. Yeah, Jamie's who, all right? Gosh. Yeah, they, I think it's they It's like treat. she's 85. No, I'm not saying <laughs> your wife's, <laughs> your wife's <laughs> not 85. She, she but, also loves Turner Classic Movies, and I, you know, it's TCM. Mm-hmm. Oh, hope, that's the good stuff. I hope we don't get. I hope we don't get sued over this. No, no way. I, I, call, I call it the OBM channel, the old boring movie channel. <laughs> I, I always tell Jamie the great thing about Hallmark is I could leave the room and be doing something else, and I she come back care. and I haven't missed anything. No, you haven't. And the actors are all the same. Yes, and the the, the plots they don't change fast, and they you, they do recycle the actors, the the, yeah. the actual scenery. It's it's a. Uh, I, I walk, tell her it's simple minded. I walked in the other night. She was watching one, and I looked at it, and I said. Is that the one with the guy in the last show? No, this is a different one. I yeah. said, but it's the same. I said, doesn't it get confusing when they're they're having a relationship with somebody else and they you know they change every week? She says, oh no, I I know who everybody is. Uh, well, that my dad told me this mm. one time. I never noticed this, but in his observational uh, with his observational skill, he told me that it's a complete farce because if you look at it, everybody's got perfect teeth, perfect hair, perfect weight, yeah. right. perfect hair. Everything's perfect. Life is not that way. But really, but <laughs> but it, but it's like you watch this, and it's like really. Why don't they do a real Hallmark movie with you know Earl and you know the Duck Dynasty guys or whatever? Just yeah. that, do a real one. Let's not do yeah. this fake stuff. Jimmy's probably got one planned for later. Well, we got we got half our DVR is full of Hallmark well, movies, and she was watching one with Meghan Markle last night. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Anyway, I'll, anyway. I'll be quiet. So Hallmark is not his thing, but now but we do sports. know sports and, oh, yeah. and, and golf. So who's, who's your who's your uh, you're big in football? I imagine who's your who's your team? I'm a Ute fan. Oh, okay, I'm a Ute. so you're college. What, what about guy? professional? You, do you watch professional? I I, I swore off it because uh, I'm I've. Uh oh, there's, there's a story here. We're, we're gonna get we're gonna get political here, and I'm gonna get some heat over this. Oh, one. you're fine. But I. Uh, I really didn't like the way that uh, some of the players were reacting. I, I understand their plight. I understand that there's a problem with, with policing and, and uh, being mm. black in this country. Mm-hmm. And I know there's inequality there, but I don't think the venue for it is to protest the national anthem. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of boycotted it la- the year before last. And, okay. And um, so I didn't watch any football last year. But they, this year I started to watch a little bit, and I'm a Patriot fan. Okay. Really? Yeah, I'm a Patriot fan, and—, and uh, and I, I think Tom Brady is the greatest living American. So. <laughs> wow. wow! Well, he is the goat after all. Yeah, he is. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't watch it. Don't, you just don't watch football? sports in general. No. Well, growing up, my dad used to always tell us if if we had time to watch sports, get outside and change the transmission, do a brake job, do something constructive. Bradley, Bradley, but, I, but, you know, Bradley really didn't go to school. No, he was a mechanic since he was, he's, he's since a, he was he's, born. He's been a ranch turner ever since he's yeah. been born, and he's, and he's good at it, too. <laughs> I, I like it. It can be therapeutic. But it's, so I always kind of grew up with that mindset. He grew up, my dad grew up with that mindset. I don't know how my brother got out of it, but that's a whole other thing. He's got a, lift in, he's got a lift car lift in his garage for pizza. Do you really? Bring over your car. Are you we'll a gearhead? I am. I did not know snap that. On, snap on tool addict. I'm, I'm a, there's another free plug. Should I give my address for a check, a royalty check? <laughs> but no, it's, I, 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 I don't know. I, I like doing it if I don't have to do it, if that makes sense. Sure. If I have a car that's broken down and I've got to fix that, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Back, back in the old days, I remember about 15, 16 years ago, mm-hmm. the Snap-on guy would come by the he office. Would. Larry May. Yeah. Another great American. The, the big, the big, <laughs> you were talking about a great American. Larry, Larry's not. I don't know if Larry's hearing this, but. The, 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 you know, the, I always always tell when Bradley has, was staying late because the snap on tool guy would come by. <laughs> Thursdays. And the parking lot would be empty except for my car, his car, and the snap on oh. tool guy's van. If you've never yeah, been on a truck, if you're addicted to that stuff and you've never been on one of those trucks, Man, I can't, I can't say stuff. I'm addicted to Snap-on. Oh, no, it's a no, good, it's no. good stuff. <laughs> Snap-on, Snap-off. You know, there you go. <laughs> what's What's your favorite Snap-on tool? Uh, all of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, is there a sale, Larry? Is there? Text me, Larry. They need to. You need to send him some complimentary tools. <laughs> exactly. Well, this but will no, make gift shopping really easy for you now. <laughs> I won't get any gifts. That's it's so fine. funny. It's fine, but no. I, so what are the what are what's let's get deeper. Let's get deeper. Oh, let's Dr. not go Reed. deeper. We got. Well, I mean, I don't up. think I think well, honestly, we we ricocheted off this a couple of times, but not a lot of people. When people come to see you, they're mm. coming to see you for their eyes, their problems, their situation, which is the way it is as a right. physician, of course, and. Even probably a lot of the staff uh, at, at our place doesn't know a lot about 
some of this stuff probably so i don't know what else you got on your list over there but uh, well, the, the new ones probably don't know i'm they, not trying to put you in the hot seat the, the old ones know but the ones who've been there for old oh, i shouldn't call them old ones hmm. the, the people that have been there longest they more know. tenured individuals more tenured yeah there we go yes, what are you alluding to mr <laughs> bradley i don't know is there something else on your list over there well i i know that you have uh kind of a big big uh event coming up that involves your uh your health um, Try oh, your knee. Yeah, it's going to take you out for a little bit. That sucks. Yes, I'm not happy about is that. Is the right? Because I, I am not a good patient, brother. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to you're going to get uh, knee surgery, yeah, right? I am. I am a uh, oh, my heck. week from Monday. <laughs> really? Oh, oh no. Oh really? Yeah, it's a week, week from, from Monday. Monday. Yeah, it's on the 25th. How long is it going to take you down? <sighs> a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you're not coming back that soon. <laughs> no, the guy. The guy that did my consult, Steve Howell's going to do my surgery. He's a great guy. He's uh, he operates down the south area, but he's uh, he does like five hundred of these a year. And he's he, I scoped him out and I scoped everybody out. And he's he's who I want to have do it. But he um, you know he figured me out within ten minutes of sitting down talking to me. He uh, says yeah. to me, tell me a horror story about one of the doctors he did who tried to go back and do surgery too quickly mm. and ended up, you know, rehabbing for three months longer because he was a bad patient. So, Well, do you have to keep it uh, – does it have to stay extended or can you bend it? Or well, the... th- okay, here's what they tell me. I'm okay. supposed to keep it <clears> – <throat> it's supposed to be a foot and a half above my heart. Oh. oh. Yeah, really. So, so what am I going to do? Down. Sit on, so am I going to do a teeter hang-up or what am I going to do We've with We've got that? a wheelchair in the office. We can well, do. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> And, and uh, it, I'm only supposed to, I'm supposed to stand on it. For no more than five minutes per hour, but I'm supposed to get up and walk. Every hour I'm awake, I'm supposed to stand on it, put a little pressure on it, and then do these rehab exercises three or four times a day. How long? How long has this got to go on? Uh, Until I can move. I mean, like a week, two weeks? Uh, I took two and a half weeks off, but I hope that's good enough. That'll be interesting. Yeah. We should do like you should like go visit Dr. Reed's house with like a camera and go and interview his wife. What's it been like for two well, and a half weeks with we, Dr. Reed? You know, we've been married forty two years. Yep. I hope our marriage survives the surgery. <laughs> she's tough. She's tough. I'm sure she'll yeah. uh, she, she she'll is keep tough. you in line. But she knows I'm a bad patient. She's already worrying all the little details about what I won't do. <laughs> but as a physician, don't I mean you know what you should? Oh, should I know do. what I should do, but I don't want to lay around. I hate laying around. Oh, man. Well, I'll give you some good suggestions on Netflix if you need them. Okay. Just, just in case. Well, that's true. Yeah, if you don't have, well, been... unless you're going to start watching all your DVR full of Hallmark I, oh, movies. Oh no, I get come back. caught up. I can't do that. <laughs> that make me want to kill myself. <laughs> he'll come back a, a mega fan. <laughs> he'll come back. Well, Doctor Reed will probably keep doing. Well, after his knee's done, he'll probably keep doing surgery for the next twenty more years. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You never know. You never know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got off on a tangent. <laughs> so I, I think that uh, we, we're, we're uh, at a good spot that we can start wrapping things up. But I okay. do want to thank you again for everything you've done for me and for everybody else that's been on the show. Because I know you've had your, your hands on almost every single person that's been affiliated with the Rad Radio Show and their eyeballs. And uh, that they've just had nothing but great things to say. And now I've experienced it firsthand. Um, so I'm just extremely grateful for for you and everything you've done, um, not just for me but for the show. Um, and also, I, I was I was a little um, skeptical at first from the after the first time attempt because of my eye flappy thingy. Oh, y'all going to get into my, that? That's right. A lot of people don't know you what you're, happened. You mean your incredibly strong muscles? My superpower, superpower. my super blinking. Well, Doctor Reed called in and described that, but I don't know how clear. I mean. I, he can describe all what happened to you. I don't know how many people heard it or not. Yeah, so just to give a refresher, what exactly happened the first there? Time? Because I thought it, I thought it was me. I thought it was something that I was doing intention, intentionally or unconsciously. No, it wasn't. It wasn't intentional. And I, but but some people have an extremely strong blink reflex, and part of the blink reflex is not only do you close your eye, but your eyes roll back in your head, mm-hmm. and it's protective to keep your corneas from being damaged by something poking you in the eye. So, um, and you, you have an incredibly strong, it's called a Bell's phenomenon. You have an incredibly strong Bell's phenomenon. Could it also be that just my eyeballs are cowardly? <laughs> no, there's a scientific reason. Do you tell them what? Do you tell them what your wife did to try to get you ready for the second <laughs> surgery? Yes, so so that she would make me lay down and open my eyes, and she would slowly point her long fingernail as close to my eyeball as possible to make sure that I wouldn't open, blink my eye. Yeah. So it was like practice. So I'd have to focus, like if I were to be focusing. How on many the green times light. did this happen? 
<laughs> oh, I mean, count, countless. That's yeah. a hundred. That's a that's a significant relationship of trust right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, she forced it on me because she wanted to make sure that I wouldn't, you know, yeah. botch it again. So well, and it you, worked out. And you did extremely well on the second go. I mean, you still had a little squeezer, but you you would, you were perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and really I, I I was I I felt. Uh, because I went through it the first time, I knew what to expect, so it was a little bit easier to, to go through it. I but was going to ask you, does that make it easier or does that make it harder? Sometimes it, it makes it harder. It would, some, for some people, that would make it harder. To sure. Do because, you know, the anticipation is sometimes – sometimes the anticipation is worse than the actual experience. Yeah. And I, when you had a bad experience the first time because you didn't get done, mm-hmm. you know, I know I know you're – you're really disappointed. So. I was, and it was only I was disappointed in myself because I thought, again, I thought it was something that I was doing wrong. Uh, you just you, uh, you had no you, control. You couldn't help exactly, it, right? and help. so I took it as a challenge, and that's why I welcomed <laughs> the the torture that I got from my wow, wife. Wow! Um, but I also, you know, I meditated and mm-hmm. I, I did some breathing exercises, yeah. and I I actually did some open eye meditations as well. That you know, open eye meditation. Yeah. You just well, basically meditate with your eyes open. Doesn't that dry them out? I mean, <laughs> I think he probably blinked now. Oh, I blink every. <laughs> when you said open, I, I've got yeah. tears in my pocket. I keep putting them. But out. it was it was almost it like you, you just keep them open, and you breathe, and you kind of work past the uncomfortableness and or the, the discomfort. Uncomfortableness hmm. is not hmm. a word. Well, he's heard a it, lot of it things. It is if you want it to be. <laughs> At this hour, it's definitely. A word. <laughs> but when when Doctor Reed called it off on that first time, I mean, you you as you said on the call when you called in, I mean, you knew. He'd, he'd had enough. And, yeah. I mean, technically, I mean, some people, you could have tried to do it later, but at the same time, that wasn't in Brandon's best interest. That wasn't no. in the best interest of his eyes. You could so, have gone to the other eye and then just but worked why your way back, I, right? Why, why would I do that to you? I mean, you were already traumatized, and, yeah. and you were already feeling like a failure. and no. just to, <laughs> no. to push you through that again. Because yeah. I knew if we came back another day, you'd do fine. No. Yeah. It'd just take a little extra time. You totally, know? totally. Was it three weeks? Three weeks? Was it? Well, we were going to initially do it ten, like seven, eight, ten days later, but yeah. then something happened. Oh, one of the one of the surgery staff was yeah, gone. Julie was gone. Julie was gone. And yeah. so you wanted your A team. Well, and Julie, Julie is Julie's the one that rubs your arm during this procedure. She's the Julie best. and Sue, and she amazing. They're and the Sue, best. and Sue is just Sue is incredible. Sue's Listeners of the show, I know. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sue and Julie are there. They are the best. I mean, they are. Sue's been my scrub, and it, she's she's run that laser center for us. How many years? Nineteen, now? twenty, and yeah, eighteen. She's 19, almost 20. as long as you have been. Yeah, there. Oh, I remember when. Yeah, and that's you know, awesome. it's like it's like uh, I don't. Uh, Sympathetical. I mean, she knows what I need before I even think about needing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just knows what. So I when need. you have a situation like this, I mean, having everybody, on, especially the same people that were there when you did it the first time, yeah, they know you as a patient. They know what happened. They know you know how to prep for that, and so best you can. And so when you did it, I mean, we were watching. Uh, I was watching with Mrs. Brandon, of course. And uh, I, I got to send you the videos, by the way, that I did. I don't think I sent them to you yet. But anyway, so we were. Um, sorry, I'm glad I'm prompt on that one. But uh, but we were watching, and it was like, and the text came in, and it was almost, and everybody was clapping and cheering at, at the end after you were done, because, I mean, we knew what it would be like once you were done, but just wanted to get you to that point, of course. So. Yeah. How often does that happen when when people get get cheer? applause? Oh no, and cheered no, when they come uh, out. You? Because that felt that <laughs> felt pretty special. It's, it's I hope a, that happens a lot more often than just. <laughs> we should we should start with any rad not, radio. Not people. so much, Brandon. No, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> any rad? Imagine that someone comes out who came from you guys to have surgery they come out and who's standing in the next room but the rad radio show clapping and cheering Yay. we should organize that one i'm just glad rob didn't come to torture you during the procedure uh, he was oh, yeah. texting during it uh, he did text he was texting oh, was mrs he? brandon he was texting mrs brandon during <laughs> wow it. Yep. Yeah. he was because uh, he was like look he's he, he wanted just, to know how it was going. He wanted to make sure that I didn't go blind, so that he would have to run the yeah. show on his own. No, that won't happen. <laughs> no, you know, you know, he, Rob, Rob, Rob plays tough sometimes, but he has got a big heart. Yeah, he, does. Yep. he really does. Very much so. Don't let it out, though. Don't. Yeah, let yeah don't tell know. anybody. You don't want right. anybody to know. The two people that are listening to this, <laughs> my mom and who, <laughs> and his mom, <laughs> who also is a patient <laughs> of mine. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. Oh, Rob's yeah. mom is a hoot. She, she is. is. She's, she's, she's one a, of my favorite people. She's a lot of fun. Yeah. She's a she lot is. of fun. Well, yeah. She runs in the family. Yeah. That's great. But no, what you were saying earlier when you were uh, thanking Dr. Reed for everything, but we also feel the same way. Yeah, Brandon, we do. Because oh, well, when you, you think of the history of Griffin and Reed Eye Care and you think of how long uh, we've been on the show since 2000, I think it is. So that's a long I, – I, I think I shared last time. I get people who call me all the time and are like, hey – You've been on that show a long time. Uh, wouldn't you like to try something else? 
Okay, well, let's, let's experiment. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I mean, you, you, if you know something works, why would you do that? So for us, I mean, for the that long, it, it can be interesting sometimes, like when Dr. Reed comes on the air in here. I think that's entertaining sometimes when he you know, tries, to calm, tries to calm down things from where they may be going and bring it back. That's good. I, I like it. Yeah. And so it's an interesting mix. But so for from our perspective, you know, it, I, I, I hope I'm not taking, I'm, uh, what do you call it, speaking out of turn, but um, – I think we feel the same way. We do. So yeah, to even do. give us this opportunity, I mean, it's... you're 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 just you, you know you and uh, Mrs. Brandon, who I'm not supposed to say her name anymore, <laughs> uh, but she but she knows who she is. Yes, she does. Yes, I can uh, see her. And you you guys are both just great people, and really appreciate you. And and uh, you know you're not just patients; you're friends. You yeah. really are. I I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people that that come to your office experience the same thing. It's not just right. because we're getting the special show treatment. It's everybody that goes. Well, I, I can say genuinely that they're treated the same as you guys. I mean, surgically, I'm sure, because it's it's just the way it's done. Yeah. Well, I, I can say one thing, and then I, I know you got to get off the air, but or what? I don't know how this works. <laughs> we'll just stop the recording. Oh, no, just stop it's the all. recording. We'll That's just all. keep talking it'll, until yeah, midnight. Right? Now we're done. It'll go until the magic stops. I, I, I basically, when people come in and they get, we do a consult on them. You know, I go through the same thing with everybody, mm-hmm. and I've done it. Tens of thousands of times. And I've had people say to me, you know, when they realize the fact that this is not my first time to say this, they, they, they wonder, aren't you, aren't you bored with all this? Aren't, doesn't this drive you crazy to have to say? I've come to realize something, and that is for, for me, yeah, it's 10,000, 20,000 times. But for them, it's the first time, and it's their eyes. Mm-hmm. And they have the same concerns that I did. And I, I kind of harken back to what I felt when I went through mine and I understand what they're feeling. And it helps, it really helps. I agree. It helps me to not, you know, blow it off and take it for granted or take it lightly. You know, I, you know, I, f- I feel like I need to explain to them, have them understand as best they can what they're going to do so that they're happy with what they're doing. And it can be pretty intimidating and very, Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's when I, when we were first discussing everything that went behind it, you know, with the cornea thickness and, and all of that stuff, like I started thinking about it when you were telling me in, the, while I'm sitting in the exam room, I'm like, okay, this is way too much to unpack, but it just trusting you and knowing that you know what you're doing. Um, and every step of the way, every time we met before the actual surgery up to the procedure, I just felt like I was in good hands. And I think that, um, I, I, yeah, I just can't say enough good about you, man. You're just, you're just a great you. man. Thank yeah. you, Brandon. We, we're trying. He's the best. He is the best. So are you, Bradley. Not Well, you can't come see – I guess you could come see me, but you're not going to come see me for surgery hey, if you're you smart. Know, you know, come see him in the snap-on tool van. Yeah. Well, he doesn't come anymore. <laughs> but, but thank you, sir. But I think after this, this little podcast, he might. <laughs> you get a little boost? <laughs> he might. He might. He works Fulton Avenue. There you go. That's all he does. That's awesome. So, thank you, Brandon. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you again soon. All right. The Brad 